0: Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On today's show, I have the lovely Christine Stowe, who will share her experiences as a survivor of an abusive relationship, as well as her experiences as a carer of a special needs child. Working in the corporate world was the pinnacle of Christine's life. She had achieved everything she wanted to be, traveling the world, advising doctors and anesthetists on the best medical pro- products out there. She had it all, the white picket fence, two children and a husband she adored. Then finding something wrong with her second daughter at the bottom fell out of her world. It seemed as grey as the day the nurse uttered those life-shattering words to her, saying she's not meeting her milestones. From there, she was slung into a world that she did not belong in. After picking herself up determined to find a way she stood in state and federal elections on disability issues but has been a passionate advocate for victims of domestic violence also having had her own experiences in the past with this. Long ago before domestic violence was a thing as being widely recognized as it is now but Not to be held back, she found a way. Since then, she has worked on her mindset and what it takes to overcome challenges and has achieved being elected to council, setting up a special school and support groups for carers and victims of domestic violence. Now she helps other women overcome challenges map out a pathway to find their way, and she helps women find a way to identify their gifts. Women who feel overwhelmed, underpaid, and unheard to find their voice to achieve the life that they want to live. Currently, that involves mapping out how to get support groups established and create other much-needed services. So let's dive into today's show with special guest, Christine Stowe. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Did you know that you can become a patron of this podcast? Patrons are the people who breathe life into this production and help this podcast reach more listeners. If you can help Tiara's Tears and Triumphs go the extra mile, you can be the reason a victim of abuse rediscovers her smile. Just go to patron.podbean.com forward slash empowering victims or go to the link in the episode notes. Hello, Christine. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I am super, super grateful to you to have you on this show. To get started, could you just please share a little bit about yourself and what's happened in your life to bring you to this point where you are doing what you are doing now?
1: So yeah, hi, I'm Christine and my life has had some twists and turns. Um, So I, I started out I did a Bachelor of Science a long, long time ago. And then I was working in forensic science, testing drugs and blood alcohol, uh, working on the bench. Um, I I think I was terribly shy, didn't talk to anyone. (laughs) But I had this desire to help people. And for some reason, I think I was shy, but I was always in trouble for talking too much. So (laughs) on the bench, you know, in the lab. So I wanted to help people so I went into sales and I ended up getting into laboratory sales and I was almost jettisoned straight in to become state sales manager and then I went on to become national sales manager for a a medical supply company and then I had my second daughter and found out there was something wrong with her at three months of age and it turns out that she has a muscle condition she has epilepsy and so has seizures so she's just turned 21 and she doesn't walk and talk but it meant that I couldn't go back into into my job it was a job that I'd worked towards I was at the pinnacle of my life if you like you know I was madly in love with my husband we were were literally renovating a house with a white picket fence in in the city Melbourne and when we went to see the child and maternal house nurse nurse. that day, the bottom fell out of my world. But from there, you know, I suffered from depression, things like that. And then picked myself up. Some people asked me to stand in the state election on disability issues, which I did. I was like, who does that? (laughs) Who stands in state elections? And then, you know, there was some hand wringing and, you know, should we do this or not? and then something dramatic happened with my daughter and then I went that's it I'm going to stand so I stood in a state election then my now ex-husband left and um, from there some more people asked me to stand in a local government election you know and I'd vowed and declared that standing in elections was hard tiring never going to do it again but I did <laughs> stood in the council election got elected to council But through the whole process, I had been, from the outset, when I found out there was something wrong with my daughter, found from the outset, I was applying for grants, set up a support group for carers a children with disabilities and a not-for-profit and then um, you know, applied for grants and I'd always been successful. And so Then I got elected to council and I got to see on council the decision-making process from the other side. So people were asking me, how did you do that? How did you make those things happen? And I looked back and mapped out the steps that I'd taken to make those things happen. So, and that's where I've come up with grants made easy and helping people find the funds for the projects that they want to do. So that's where I'm today, helping people with finding money, finding grant applications and finding the resources for what they need.
0: Yeah, that's an amazing, amazing journey. One of the things that sort of astonishes me and really stands out is, you know, how on earth did you find time to dedicate to these big undertakings like being elected for council or being in a state election I imagine that there would be a lot of time that you would need to dedicate to these things. And just um, I'd be really interested to know, you know, how your life changed from that point of finding out that your daughter had um, special needs and how that sort of changed that transition, that transition phase of going from having one reality to then having a new reality where you know how did this how did this change you and how did this change your your life i suppose
1: yeah so it sounds like it's a sliding doors moment doesn't it it is quite a sliding doors moment so uh firstly i guess i'll address how do i make things happen so it's a matter of when I was working in forensic science, and I decided that I wanted to get into sales, I just—that's what I decided to do. So it, that was my project or my mission, and I talk about it in my book, actually. Where back then I thought I was going for jobs, no, nobody would have me. So I decided that I would move into state because there I didn't have a background, you know, wasn't being put into this laboratory box so I'd move into state so I started applying for jobs in the state well back then there was no internet so I got the local news agent to fly in the courier mail from Queensland and on Mondays I'd go through the jobs and then I'd apply for them from here so I think from the outset it was about making a decision that this is what I was going to do and then taking those steps ultimately I didn't get a job from Melbourne I, I ended up saving up money and moving up there so again it was a it was a matter of deciding and this is what I'm going to do and then taking those steps and it's the same when I stood in the state election oh what does that look like who stands in elections oh all these other people are doing it you know and you know that saying you are the average of the five people you hang around with so One time when I looked around and I was spending time with political people and I was thinking, well, how how is it that I'm hanging around with these people and I happen to get elected? And it's like swimming in a school of fish. You know, all the fish are going this way because they know that's where the food is. But if I was swimming in a different school, say I was swimming in in a school that was, I don't know, lawyers, we'd all be sitting around on Saturday nights talking about law. Or if, you know, I was a sports person, I used to play tennis. So we'd always be, you you spent your spare time thinking about how you're going to get the next pair of Reeboks or whatever, you know, the next tennis racket. So when I was, when I'm involved in politics, you're with those people and they're all talking about what, you know, what the campaign's going to look like and how that's going to happen. So it's a matter of deciding where you want to go. It's a matter of deciding. But that's that's it. So when it comes to where do you spend your time? So then I'm not spending my time doing other things. So that's what I do. And then when it comes to you know spent time, and I I spent I didn't have a lot of time, but I spent the spare time that I had and every bit of you know support back then when I stood in the state election. You know going out knocking on doors, letterbox dropping, doing those things. When it comes to the council election. I was asked really late in the piece did what I could you know whenever I could get care I'd run out and so that those were things that I was doing so you know I don't know when other people might be using their respite time to go out for dinner or something like that that's where I was using my respite time so that's where I ended up so but then then I something happened with council and The other counsellor said, well, it looks like, you know, you're going to be elected to council. There was a count back. And I said, oh, you know, Imogen's got to go to hospital. No big deal. she should be just there for a day. Turned out the hospital had sent me the wrong letter and she was having major surgery in ICU on life support (sighs) over time when this count back was on. And it was like, now, like, you know, isn't that just the way? So she's in hospital, you know, she'd been in, on life support, come out. I got someone to sit with her where I went to to the count back, and I got elected. So then she came out of hospital, and I had sort of extra support because she come out of hospital. And when I got elected, I was like, "What am I gonna do?" And at the time, I just thought this is a big um, uh, compliment. You know, people have asked me to sit on council for them. And so I'm going to take the opportunity and do whatever I can. It's difficult or whatever it is difficult to make, you know, just do what I could to make it happen and just do whatever I could. So it turned out that council actually supported, provided support for Imogen for me to be there. So there is a lot of work involved and there was a lot of times and, you know, so they provide the support. So it wasn't as bad after all, but there was a f- switch in the way I had to think about things because prior to that I'd never left her for more than three hours or you know between feeds on her own so I had to I had to let go of some things and allow support workers to do this stuff so in some ways it was good for me because it made me actually let go of some of those things which then later on allowed me to take my other daughter to Disneyland like if I'd always been just so close and tied up with Imogen yeah. and I hadn't been made to, to take those steps and let other people do the things for me, I wouldn't have allowed myself to, t- to go to Disney, which was always my dream with my other daughter. So I think if, you know, if there's something that other people can take away from this, the first thing is decide what this you want to do. Second thing is what are the steps to get there and just focus on that. Don't focus on the why you can't all the time being time poor what is it that you want to get to and the other thing is how much you're not letting yourself do it how much you're holding yourself back because I was holding myself back by my own thinking until I was forced to let other people look after Imogen so how have I been able to achieve it so it's about taking those steps how have I been able to find the time it's about focusing on getting there and not getting weighed down by other things or the or the why I can't do it.
0: Yeah, all of that makes so much sense and rings so true. I think I can think of so many examples in my own life where it I can say honestly that I was the person standing in my own way. I had those reasons or justifications of why I couldn't do something so it's such fantastic advice that you have given Christine I really appreciate that the other um, part the other part of your question yeah.
1: was how did it change my life so bottom fell out of my world that day you know it was a, a gray overcast day and and I remember looking out and just thinking, what does this mean my life is over I can't go back to doing the things that I was doing before I, you know just really didn't know what it's going to mean and, you know, went through stages of depression. And I, I remember the counselors, you know, you get all sorts of health professionals coming in at one stage, I counted, I think 12 health and para- health professionals involved in her care. She had a, you know, about six months of age. She had a, a speech therapist. And I remember my ex-husband coming home and saying, the plex at work want to know why she needs a speech therapist. She's only three months through six months of age. Is she talking already? So all these, different people coming in. I remember the, the council saying, you know, we were worried about you. We thought, you know, you, you were really down and depressed, but I don't think that's, that's not abnormal. You know, that's not abnormal. It's the difficulty of grieving the child that you were going to have. But then when I stopped and looked back and think about it, she allowed me to stop and do my life differently. She allowed me to appreciate the things that I do have and not the things that I don't. Because I was on a corporate trajectory. It was where I wanted to get to. But if I think of that probably would have been a very empty life. I wouldn't have met the people along the way that I have. I wouldn't have got involved in politics, probably. But you can't know. That's you know a sliding door. You can't know what it would have been like. But this is the life that I have. And I, I appreciate the gift that she is rather than the things that she's not or the things that she's stopped me from doing because she's She's made me see things differently. Early on, I would say she has extra ability, not disability, because she's allowed me to see things differently. I love that
0: so much, Christine. um, I can appreciate what you're saying when you say that, um, that there's this light and this gift that she is to you in your life. It's just a wonderful way of... um, just expressing, you know, really deep down how you feel about about Imogen and, yeah, just lovely. Um, Yeah, part of the focus of today's conversation is about providing tips to deal with the fallout from things like domestic abuse and other life circumstances that change your path or are that sliding door for you. Um, So I'd really love and appreciate if we could just learn a bit more from these experiences that you can help the listeners perhaps with the challenges that they're facing. You've already given so many amazing tips that perhaps if we we have touched on your mindset and um, but if you could share some of those things that have really helped you change your mindset as you've said from that things that you can't do to things that you can do Um, and to be have that strength and determination I suppose that you found which has been such a a pivotal part I think of your ability to do the things that you have achieved Um, not everybody has that ability or Uh, is able to tap into necessarily easily into that kind of strength and determination that you have. But if you've got any tips on how perhaps to find that in yourself, um, how how did you stumble on that yourself, Christine, or do you think it's always been just part of you?
1: No, I was reading something this morning that said you don't know how strong you are until you're pushed, or you don't know how strong you are until you really have to show how strong you are, until you're pushed into those situations and I have my own domestic violence journey so way back a long time ago um early on I had a a boyfriend who um hit me and chased me with a knife and I remember looking forward in my life and thinking this is not how I want my life to be I was 18 really young and he hit me and I, I was like what was that and then and but he did all those things that um uh, typical behaviors he would turn up to my work he would um question me accuse me of having relationships with other people all those sorts of things that i just didn't have time to do he was um controlling like that and and then he started to, to to do these things like hitting me and I remember looking forward I think this is not how I want to live life and so I knew at that stage that I had to get out of it and that wasn't easy because there's all that stuff about oh you know but but he loves me he really loves me and, and pulling yourself away and, and I remember breaking up with him and I remember him I remember him coming to our to our house, and um and you know he 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 did the emotional blackmail oh you know i got into drugs and you know i I really want you back and you know if if i'm doing drugs because i'm breaking up with you and all this and i went and i was really strong and and said no you know and it was hard it was hard but i think again it came back to looking forward in my life and saying this is not how i want it to be when i get older you know, what's that going to look like when he's controlling my life? When you know, there's his violence. When there's, and so it was about looking forward and looking to what I would like my life to be, and not stay stuck in it. And it was tough. It was hard. Um, it was a h- hard time. and it, was... and you know, just sticking to that pathway. So I, I don't think that it's something that's, it's not something that other people can't do. It's a matter of making the decision and and staying strong to that decision, but knowing that that's the best path that you can take.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So we all can do this. It's all in us, isn't it, Christine?
1: Well, and you know, and as difficult as it is, being pushed, and you know, a lot of so you know, subsequently being involved in council and set up support group for um, women victims of domestic violence I'm you know also passionate about helping women but I think a lot of the time we don't recognize that we're in it until we step out and look back and I think that's part of the thing and I think if if we can watch out for those red flags you know controlling you know what's your circle of friends like those sorts of things and you know, at least do something about to change those
0: circumstances. Yeah, I agree with you that it's very, very difficult when you're in it to identify yourself as being a victim of abuse. I think there are certain things that we uh, can see in more black and white. So if there's physical abuse involved, then it sort of crosses that line where you know, that's abusive behaviour, that's, that's the line. But there's all this other stuff that happens um, leading up to that and uh, particularly things like coercive control, which can really disempower a woman and um, just take away their own belief in their own judgement so that they're left second guessing themselves and not knowing whether they are or they're not in an abusive relationship whether what is happening to them is normal or not normal and um, I think it's really good to actually you know rather than labeling a relationship as being abusive maybe just asking is this a good relationship is this a healthy relationship and Uh, If you get a no, then the next step is to perhaps ask, could this be an abusive relationship that I'm in and what are the red flags, as you said, to look out for um, to help me know whether this is abusive? And I always recommend that, um, that women call a specialist, you know, free online counselling support services that specialises in domestic abuse like 1800RESPECT here in Australia where you can have a conversation with somebody who is a specialist in this area and you can talk to them and let them know what's going on in your world, in your life and um, then work out what your next best steps are after you have a conversation with somebody who's trained in that area to know whether or not what you're facing is putting your safety um, at jeopardy and what the risks are for you and what you might like to look at doing to um, get yourself to uh, a place of safety.
1: One of the most difficult things with that, though, is that often it's mind. They play mind games. I remember, you know, calling this out or calling that out. And I go, no, that didn't happen. No, I didn't do that. That was you that was you did that
0: yeah that's that's part of coercive control isn't it where it is messing with your head yes that's that's the gaslighting that they do that yeah does mess with your head and makes you really unclear um just from my Mm -hmm. own situation uh when I had the courage to get my first intervention order which took me a lot of courage because I knew that um, once I did that, that things would escalate to another level and uh, that I needed to do something to get a safe boundary around myself and my kids. Um, And I remember um, him saying to me, what have you done? What have you done by doing this? What have you done to me? I don't abuse you I've never hit you and um and that for me I I was I just thought oh my god what have I done what have I done I've done the wrong thing it just it didn't take much at all for him to make me second guess myself and think he's right I'm wrong mm. yeah and yeah, it's something that yeah, women face this all the time in abusive It's not, it's not, it's not, so,
1: it's not so much about am I wrong, but was that real?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Did, did I really, did I really see that, or because they're making you believe that it, it didn't happen?
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's the whole deny, deny, deny thing when it comes to particularly like it comes to affairs. You touched on. Um, being accused, you being accused of having relationships with other people, that it can be an indicator that your partner is actually the one who is uh, being unfaithful. Um, And if you question them about their faithfulness, then um they'll deny, 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 and yeah, make you feel very, very bad for suspecting them of something at all. So um yeah, it's there's so much, so much that goes on. And it is really good to talk as we are, Christine, about these types of behaviours that go on because it can help someone else who's listening who Um, these things might be happening to them and then they can start thinking about what they might want to do. But as you said, you know, that knowing what to do and then actually being able to follow through with it to break away, breaking away becomes probably the most dangerous time for a a woman when she's wanting to exit a cycle, an abusive relationship or a cycle of abuse. Um, And you you were fortunate, I think, in in, that yours ended where it did and you were able to stand your ground at that time. And from that point, I don't know exactly what happened after that conversation that you had where you basically said, no, this is it, I'm not going back. Um, And whether things sort of eased off and you were able to, just get on with your life um, straight away without worrying about him sort of trying to get back into your life again, forcing his way back into your life or anything yeah, like that. He did, he did. He yeah. Did.
1: But you know, I had to stand strong. But but and when I look back and I think, what was I thinking? Yeah. How did I do that? Like it I think it must must have taken an, an enormous amount of strength to withstand because he did keep trying to come back. The emotional blackmail, you know trying to call me and turning up at places, turning up at my work and things like that. Yes. That he did yeah. years down the track and still, you know, to withstand that, like I say, I don't know how I, I did it, but, looking, and you know, so when people say you're leaving an abusive relationship, oh, why doesn't he just leave him? I know that it's just not that easy. I know that you can't just get up and walk out. It doesn't work like that, kids or not. And even if you've got kids it's another another dimension but I know that it's not can't just leave them because they they do the emotional blackmail and then there's all the stuff about oh but he really loves me and I, I know he loves me and you know and I and looking back and I, I I think that it's an addiction it's you know oh you know he loves me and then he hits you and oh and then you know then you have the hit of love oh, I'm sorry I did that you know I know he really loves me and then you know it gets abusive again and you know, so it's an it's an up and down and and it's an addiction to that
0: cycle. It's very complex, isn't it? It's, it just it's, not, it's, not, it's not straightforward, it's not easy. Um, and hearing words like that that it's an addiction and that the victim is addicted to the cycle of abuse is a really difficult thing to hear. Um, but there, there is definitely you know truth in in what you say. And it's because of the, what we've become accustomed to and that, that our heart's being vested in that relationship and uh, it's it's just not straightforward, but the last thing that you should be doing is beating yourself up for being in that caught in that terrible cycle that okay. is damaging to yourself. But instead of beating yourself up, look at ways that you can actually tap into the right sorts of supports to help you to gain that strength that you need to break away and to start a new life where you start investing all of that energy that you have into rebuilding yourself and to um, you know making your life uh, better again on the other side of that so because there is a good life waiting on the other side it doesn't it's not easy Um, there is a lot of work involved and that's why you shouldn't be trying do this all on your own if you can actually get some support with it so I think that would be a big part of your life journey too Christine is having your knowing that support is part of what is necessary to help you through your life that having support there's nothing wrong with it it what it does is it enables you to become more empowered in your own life would you say that would be true for you well that's what I was saying when I was talking about
1: Imogen before and, and letting go and allowing other people to to support you know to look after her so yeah it is letting go of of the stigma and letting go of you have to do everything or you have to be this or you have to you don't have to be anything. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And nobody's, you know, nobody's really gonna gonna judge you. Best best thing you can do is to do the best and, and live the best life, you know, having imagined, having been through that experience, but having imagined as well, I think we only have one life and we need to make the most of what we have. Yeah
0: absolutely
1: and, and you know when I look for like I said when I look forward this is not how I wanted to live my life so I guess if you know if anyone's listening if you can look forward in your life and think is this how I want to be in 10 years time Is this how I want to be in five years time what needs to be different and if you know the person that you're with isn't kind of on that boat with you maybe you need another boat yeah get back to the harbor and choose another boat
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah there's a a nice there's a nice boat coming down the road I'm sure (laughs) coming down the river with bigger
0: sails (laughs) and take you in the direction that you want to go instead of taking you in a direction you don't want to go taking you down (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely well that's the thing it can be like treading water just trying to keep your head above water when you're in an abusive relationship so it's quite a good analogy that you use with the boat going down the wrong way but uh, a lot of the times I think victims can feel like they're just treading water just trying to keep their heads above water so that they can that's survival mode and you want to get out of survival mode and back into or back onto a path where you're able to actually live your life instead of just surviving. So surviving is a lot, it takes a lot of hard work when you're in that situation. Um, It's great when you can get away from that situation and you can really put your energy into things where you'll start feeling like life is rich and rewarding again. And I think that's what, life has been for you too christine from all the things that you've described is that you found a very rich and rewarding life
1: yeah and all the experiences contribute to who you are today so no matter where you've come from you can't change that um i've just um purchased a book called you're not broken by christopher duncan he's been one of my mentors and i think it's true you're not broken we are just who we are and you know how can we again, put your energy into where you're going and enjoy life, play, you know, mess around, have fun. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. That's so true. So um, what else do I want to ask you while we're having this gorgeous conversation? Um, I think we've covered so much ground today is there anything else that you like would like to share or any message that you would like to leave the listeners with, Christine?
1: I think it's just what I said, you know, is your boat going in the right direction? And, you know, are you on the boat that's taking you where you want to go, but look forward into the future and thinking about what is your life going to look like? If I think about all the things in my life where I've got to where I wanted to get to is looking at what it is and what are the next steps. And that's actually what I help people do in Empowered Women in Business is, you know, and with Grants Made Easy, what is it that you want to get to and what are the steps that you need to do to get there? So, you know, looking out to the future and if you think that you're in a an abusive relationship, you know look around and and see who else can help you row that boat or you know what other boat can you get on? Who else can you get the support from? nobody's there's lots of support out there everybody wants to help women who are victims of domestic violence so it's and we we've got to, you know I say with Imogen it made me realize how short life is and and you know how much we deny ourselves you know get out there and live it
0: yeah absolutely love it absolutely love it So can you please share your links with us, Christine, so that the listeners can find you? So they can find me on
1: www.christinestowe.com.au. I've also got Facebook page, Magnetic Mindset Transformations and also Grants Made Easy. So helping helping people, not-for-profits and so on, get get their organisation off the ground. So using the steps that I have in the past.
0: Wonderful, and for the final question, because this podcast is called the Tiaras, Tears, and Triumphs podcast, what does this title mean to you as a woman?
1: I love the idea of having a a you know tiara and being you know pretty and getting dolled up. I don't think that we have enough opportunities to get dressed up, so you know, tiaras, tears, and triumphs. I think I just I just always imagine you with a a lovely tiara on helping people.
0: I think, it's a, I think it's a beautiful um name yeah thanks christine and thank you so much for being a guest on the show today i've loved every minute of our conversation yeah it's been great today's episode is proudly brought to you by the how to feel a million dollars even if you are just scraping by workshop in a world that conditions us to lack and limitations this workshop is here to help women who have been made to feel not good enough to find a way to rediscover the treasures that lie within themselves and to find confidence matched with courage and conviction to help them to move in the direction of a rich and rewarding life. To find out more how to manifest an abundant life and to sign up for the next workshop, just go to www.sandy j.com.au/workshop or go to the episode notes and click on the link. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship, and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. But when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement, if you are struggling with your mental health please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor there are also many online counseling supports available and a word of advice if the counselor is not a good fit for you try another and if you need to try another until you have one that is the right fit for you tune in again for the tiara's tears and triumphs podcast helping women who have been hurt acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.